Welcome to the Peaceful Life Podcast. This is your host, Laura, coming to you from a cottage in the woods in the beautiful mountains of California. This week's episode is about memory. Now, first, a little science behind the topic. Memory is stored in the hippocampus in your brain. It's part of the limbic system, which associates emotions and memory. The hippocampus does decrease in function with age, which is why those of us over 50 start forgetting where we left our glasses. Short-term memory is more fleeting than long-term memory. Experts believe that you can only hold about five to nine items in your short-term memory for about 30 seconds. But memory can be assisted or improved by tricks and practice. Although most of us don't even think about doing that. I do because I started losing my memory in my teens after a body trauma at 14. I noticed that I didn't remember a lot of things, not outright amnesia or anything soap opera like that, but little things, mostly in my short-term memory. Something that someone told me yesterday or even just an hour ago. The doctors gave me a CAT scan and diagnosed that everything was fine in my brain. And I went on to get straight A's at school and attend a top university, so it didn't really impede my education or learning at all. But throughout my life, I still notice it. And come to think about it, it probably would be beneficial for me to get another CAT scan now that technology has advanced 40 years. But anyway, I've created my own tips and tricks, mainly writing things down. Even though I might not ever reference my notes, just the process of writing things down helps me remember something. Maybe it's binding the kinetic part of the writing, and I mean handwriting, with the thought. I don't know. I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm just postulating. I also do leave clues for myself, similar to that movie and funny, as I was typing this, I couldn't remember the name of the movie, I had to look it up, Memento. It was a movie about a man who had no short-term memory, and so he wrote notes for himself and reminders. That movie was so triggering for me, I didn't enjoy it at all. But I do leave myself clues, like, for example, leaving the back porch light on to signal that I let the dog out and I need to let him back in again. Oh, and while we're talking about movies, the way most movies and TV shows portray memory and or amnesia is completely laughable. One bump on the head and they don't know who they are, two bumps and everything is restored to normal. It doesn't really work that way. There are actually two types of memory loss. Retrograde amnesia, where you lose the ability to recall past memories, and anterograde amnesia, when you lose the ability to form new memories. Oh, they both seem so horrible, don't they? We rely on our memories to construct who we are and how we interact with the world, and hopefully learn and evolve from our past mistakes. Some things that can inhibit memory other than a bonk on the head are stress, drugs, alcohol, and other neurotoxins, lack of exercise, 
When you exercise your body, it helps to bring oxygen to the brain, which helps synaptic formation and growth. Isn't that incredible? And not regularly exercising your brain. I actually like to do brain puzzles at night. In fact, those are mostly the only video games I do play, from trivia to minesweeper to word jumble. But the funniest thing about memory is that it's mostly inaccurate. What you say? I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when 9-11 hit or when my mom died. Well, actually, studies have shown that you don't. In fact, in a traumatic event, your memory is more likely to be inaccurate than to be factual because your body is creating all sorts of adrenaline and stuff to help you get through it. I was reading a great book for my book club called Educated by Tara Westover. It's a memoir about a girl who grew up in a survivalist family in Idaho. The premise is that she was not schooled at all as a child, not even homeschooled, but went on to take the ACT and get into Brigham Young University, starting a long and brilliant education, ending with a doctorate from Cambridge. I highly recommend this book. She's a really talented writer, and the story is fascinating. But many of her footnotes address the fallibility of her memory. She wants to get stories about her childhood right, and she checks with her siblings, but none of them remember any event the same way. And many of her events during her childhood were traumatic, mainly accidents and abuse. During the time I was reading this book, I happened to discover the podcast Revisionist History with Malcolm Gladwell. The title itself gives you an idea of what the show's about. But this particular two-part episode was about memory and how people recall things differently, even if they were together and experienced the exact same event. It's in Season 3, Episodes 3 and 4, if you want to listen. So fascinating. Well, what does memory have to do with living a peaceful life? As I stated in the Thoughts episode, we don't really want to dwell on the past or rehash it over and over to the point where it's inhibiting your pleasure of living in the present or where it traumatizes you over and over. And those with PTSD can't help reliving their trauma, and that's involuntary. But having a healthy relationship with your past means you can visit and revisit it and then leave it and come back to the present without it having a negative effect on you. Now that's my goal, and it's a lofty one. I mean, you'd have to be Wonder Woman or Superman to be able to do that all the time. But it's something to work toward. In one of my first episodes, titled Simplifying Your Life, I talked about my journals. When I downsized homes last year, I picked up a book called Clutter Busting by Brooks Palmer. It wasn't just about decluttering your home, but about the emotions we attach to things and how we have to detach to let go. I can't recommend this book enough. It really changed my life. Well, one section of this book was about attacking what was under your bed, 
because most likely it's something you don't need, but you're hanging on to. And in my case, it was a bin with all my journals in it going back to high school. I found that every time I started reading my old journals, I felt really horrible, terrible. It took me way out of my peace bubble for several reasons. One, you rarely journal when something good is happening to you or when life is going well. So the entries were mostly pining over my life or a relationship that was not working. Who the heck wants to relive that? I don't need it. Two, many of the things I didn't even remember at all, which bothered me because of my memory problem. I mean, like, I wouldn't remember a whole person that I dated, and I wasn't sure if that was normal or if something was really wrong with me. A whole person! I mean, there would be a name of someone I had absolutely no memory of whatsoever. And finally, three, and this is the scariest part of these journals, is that the problems that I had 20, 30, 40 years ago are pretty much the same now. Now, you'd like to think that you mature with age and that you've learned life lessons, but when I read that I was going through something at 25 that I'm still going through at 55, that's really depressing. That messes with my peace. So I burned my journals. I had a fire pit out back, and I doused them in lighter fluid, and I had a little ceremony where I tossed them into the fire one by one. Goodbye, 1982. I don't need you anymore. Goodbye, 1991. I really don't need you anymore. And on and on, and it was really freeing. There's a reason we don't remember everything. I mean, if we had total recall, we'd probably be curled up in a fetal position and not be able to function. Forgetting things can be a real blessing, too. If you're a believer in reincarnation, 20% of U.S. adults are, then our memories of our past lives are wiped before we're reborn. Or not, many people claim to have memories of past lives too. But can you imagine if we have lived many lives and we carried around the memories of not only this life, but of past lives? I really don't think we could handle it. Or maybe we could. It's just fun to think about. Now as a parent, making memories is something I've always taken very seriously. Instead of buying things for my daughter, which was impossible at times when I wasn't financially able, I made sure we made good memories together. For instance, we were within walking distance of the pet shop, so we would take a walk on the weekend and go visit the mice or the cats that were up for adoption. When I was financially able, I took my daughter to museums, the ballet, and to concerts. We switched off concerts, seeing somebody she wanted to see, then someone I wanted to see. 
That evolved out of a game we played at our computers. We both had desks in my office, and we would switch off playing songs for each other. That's how I got to know and come to appreciate her music, like Avril Lavigne and Simple Plan and the Backstreet Boys, and she got to appreciate my music, like Ella Fitzgerald, Billy Joel, and even Elvis. Now the best story about memory and I told this at my daughter's wedding reception in my speech, is that when it came time to write her essay for college applications, she came to me stumped. It says to tell about a hardship in your life and how you overcame it, she read to me. I can't remember any hardships, Mom. I had a great childhood. Wow, that still chokes me up. Because as hard as it was, being a single mom throughout all our financial ups and downs, she remembered her childhood as a happy one. And after wiping my eyes of the happy tears, I suggested maybe she write about her divorce. She replied, I couldn't have even imagined how hard it would have been growing up with my father. Honestly, I think the divorce was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. There's your essay, I said. And my daughter's memory of her childhood is probably the best thing that has ever happened to me. This is Laura, and you've been listening to the Peaceful Life Podcast. And just to let you know, I will not be releasing a show next week, October 28th, as I will be involved with and attending the Yosemite Peace Conference. Have a lovely and peaceful couple of weeks and enjoy the autumn. Come to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash peacefulpodcaster to see my photos of fall in the mountains. Remember, and please do remember, that you are a spectacular human being and that you always have the choice to live in peace and joy.